thing to teach on is money. There's nothing in the world that makes me more excited than to help someone shift their limiting beliefs and small-minded ideas around money. We had our first seven-year, seven-figure year last year. It should hit between three and four million this year. So I mean, I'm definitely, definitely doing the damn thing now. This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. Here at the Entrepreneur House, we're always looking for ways to help entrepreneurs scale rapidly and grow. Currently, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built seven-figure location independent businesses. There's a growing culture of brilliant minds who have mastered the art of creating serious businesses and business models that can be run from anywhere in the world. We are interviewing them to dissect this science and help you get to the next level of entrepreneurship. Hang on tight because we've got some great stuff coming your way. And now, on to the show. Hi there, listeners. Welcome back to the show, and do we have a treat for you. Today on the mic, we have the spiritual badass boss lady, Amanda Francis, joining us, and we are excited to have her. Amanda has built herself an amazing business model that brought in $1.5 million in 2017 based on her own personal brand. How does she do it? Through digital products and coaching, and what is really impressive is she has very little overhead. Her business model is really creative and simple, and we get the chance to talk with her about how she has built it up over the past seven years. Her view on authenticity and how it's a major role in personal branding I think will impress a lot of people. We dive deep into her mentality and how she keeps growing the business while avoiding the trap of working harder and longer. Ladies and gentlemen, Amanda Francis. Amanda, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm amazing. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for asking. And I, I hear you're calling in from a beautiful sunny highway in California. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I am calling in from LA traffic. I am on the 405. But as entrepreneurs do, we do the damn thing no matter where we are, right? <laughs> I appreciate that. Just drive safe, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, driving safe. We're perfect. Well, thanks for joining us. We're really glad to have you, and we're very honored to have another female seven-figure entrepreneur on the show. I'm so excited to get to know you more and learn about your, your tricks and your tips and all your tactics that you use. But yeah. first, we want to get to know you and the backstory of Amanda a little bit. So if you can share like how you got started, where you come from, and how you became the entrepreneur that you are today. Yeah, man. Okay, so I am from a small town in Oklahoma. I am from Sand Springs, Oklahoma, and I had kind of that feeling my whole life that I think entrepreneurs have where you're just kind of like, none of this makes sense. Like, how <laughs> how are people living in this town? How are they going to these jobs they don't like where they don't make very much money? Like, what are they doing? Why is no one, like, excited about their daily work and why does no one seem to have this understanding that I was kind of born with I think that was like if I do what I love I will make a ton of money at it I'll be very successful in it I should do what I love and make money that seems standard to me so I had this like concept my whole life and so you know I was setting out to like follow my, my heart and you know create a beautiful life for myself and like everyone else in the world I followed all the society norms along the way. I thought I had to do it through education and I thought I had to do it through a good job. And it just never, it never felt right because I was born and designed to do it like I do it now as an entrepreneur. So on my path to help people and make money, I was a minister. I was a therapist. Um, I'm a PhD dropout. So I have a master's in counseling. Like I did the different things along the way, did the different careers and it all kind of like 
kind of honestly added up to what I have and do now, which is a company that creates digital courses, online training programs for women entrepreneurs. Um, and I obviously do that location fee. And yeah, we had our first seven year, seven figure year last year. It should hit, mm, I'm projected at between three and four million this year. So, I mean, I'm definitely, definitely doing the damn thing now. Congratulations and uh, amazing. I come from Missouri, so not too far from you. And so I can relate to how <laughs> how you saw the world as an entrepreneur wanting to, to make a difference and make a change in your life. I think you, you grew up in an environment that was kind of similar to mine, religious-wise. And I'd like to know about your kind of transformation going from, say, conservative heartland of America and then hitting, I guess you headed out west to California to kind of change your, your cards or look for or follow your dreams? Well, California is actually very recent. I've only been in California for a year. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't my family that was religious, but I very much grew up in the Bible Belt. So like every aspect of conservative Christianity and thinking was very much infiltrated in my life for a very, very long time. And the process wasn't, how do I explain this? The process wasn't ever like denouncing God or something. The right. process was more like evolving the belief system. Like the foundation of what I believe, I think is kind of, I think it's quite the same. It's just more inclusive. Like I've studied many more religions and philosophies and belief systems and I believe like the way I live now has a lot of spirituality integrated into it. Um, but no, it didn't fit very well inside of the traditional church when I was kind of going on some of my own, I don't know, awakening processes. Does that make sense? Yeah, perfect sense. How was that transformation yeah. for you to go from that traditional point of view to um, or however you would define your current point of view of spirituality and how that interacts with business and, and life and whole life balance? I mean, it was a journey. It was a journey that I'm still on. Like, do we ever get off that journey? I don't think so. <laughs> so like, I don't know. It was asking myself day in, day out, is this true to me? Why do I believe this? Where did this come from? Does this resonate? Like, is it my truth? So I think you have to be willing to question everything. That's one part of it. And that's an uncomfortable thing if you've been really following anything, you know. So being willing to question it was um, a real part of it. And being willing to tell myself the truth about what I actually believed and deciding that there were no negative repercussions for telling myself the truth about all the things. Like God doesn't strike you with a lightning bolt. Like you don't <laughs> fall out of grace. You don't lose favor. You don't actually lose your relationship with the divine at all. I think it gets a lot more, a lot closer and intimate, your relationship with, you know, whatever it means to you, like the God of your own understanding, I guess. I think all of that gets a lot closer and a lot stronger and a lot more solid when you do ask all the questions and are willing to redefine it continually based on your, your current understandings, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I can relate to that, too, because I remember times in my youth when, I thought or perceived that I was doing something bad or wrong and there would be a, a storm would come in and lightning would, <laughs> would strike and literally my thoughts were like, 
oh, God must be pissed off at me now for doing this. <laughs> right. But, Isn't that funny? Yeah, because we're egocentric. We think it's all about us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we make funny things mean funny things. It's interesting. For people that are in that spot or trying to get out of that spot or just change or learn more, what are some things that you would recommend to them? Maybe books or it could be podcasts or could be uh, anything that kind of helped you along the way t- so they can chase and follow their dreams as being an entrepreneur or whatever they want to go after. Yeah, I, well, I wouldn't, my, my belief wouldn't be like a certain book or a certain podcast. My belief would be like, it's more of a mindset shift. So like the practice for me is I'm willing to see things differently. What would you have me do in this area in entrepreneurship and spirituality and relationships? I'm willing to evolve show me the next step. So like my continual kind of positioning, it's more just like a positioning of how I feel all the time is like, I'm willing to be led. I'm willing to be guided. I'm willing to find the right podcast, the right books to evolve me on my unique individual path and journey. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk business. We got into the deep stuff right off the bat. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of how I do. It's like my dating life all over again. Okay. (laughs) You're the spiritual badass boss lady, and you've done some amazing things. You know, one thing that I noticed, let's tell us about your business first, more in detail, what you have going on, some of your courses, some of your teachings, all the stuff. I would say to me, how it feels is it was never like a question of, are you going to integrate spirituality, like in your teaching and your messaging and your content? Because like, that's just how I live. Like I can't imagine making business decisions day in and day out without the spiritual principles that seem true to me, right? So in my process of teaching people to run businesses, it's not that I'm like, you have to think of God or spirituality or something like I do, but it's like, I can't imagine, I can't imagine running a business without checking in on my intuition, without believing in like divine guidance. Like I, you know what I mean? So like the principles of teaching people to like look within as they're designing the business and making the decisions in the business was really like kind of a obvious and second nature kind of thing for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Can you expand a little bit more on like some of the courses that you're offering and coaching that you're offering? Yeah, so um, man, we do a lot of things. <laughs> I have a lot <laughs> yeah, of programs. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> I have a lot of programs. Um, so my favorite thing to teach on is money. There's nothing in the world that makes me more excited than to help someone shift their limiting beliefs and small-minded ideas around money. And it's not just that mindset is everything. I mean, yes, obviously mindset is important. Like if you're on this podcast, you've probably gathered that. But it's like so much more than just like change your mind. It's like change your mind, shift your emotions, shift your energetic state, shift your way of being and relating to the world and money and anything else. But like, so I'm going to be a little bit spiritual right now. But when we're an energetic match for something, it has to come to us. Like it has no other choice. When the frequency we vibrate at is aligned with the frequency of another thing, it is magnetized into our lives. And this is one of the principles I live by probably, I don't know, more than anything else. And it's not just money. Like, yes, I make a ridiculous amount of money, but it's like clients and friends and mentors. And when I decide I get to have a thing and I like align myself with that thing, it shows up in very short amounts of time, right? So I kind of just went on a tangent. It was great. <laughs> but 
Yeah, no. So, but like what I would want to say about that is like, we can have anything we want. We can have money. We can have the love. We can have the man. We can have the friends. We can have the mentors. We can have the material things. We can have all the things like the things aren't, um, the things aren't keeping themselves from us. It's just that we don't believe we can have the things. And since we don't believe we can have the things, we block ourselves from the things continually, tell stories about how we can't have the things. But it's more than just the thoughts and the stories. It's the emotions that are brought into our, our beings through those thoughts and stories within which then affects our vibration, our energy, our frequency, and what we're attracting and how the world's responding to us every moment of the day. I, I resonated with everything you said. And I deal with a lot of higher level entrepreneurs that are very logical and systematic thinkers. And so, and I know like I've had many, many conversations in my group of friends, I'm the guy that's more spiritually connected or connected with Mm -hmm. his intuition than the rest of my friends. And they constantly Mm -hmm. come, come to come to me for questions about this, about I don't, they're, they're saying things like, I just don't get it. <laughs> you know, um, can you explain it to, to them in a way that it, it sounds a bit more logical? Say there's, yeah. there's, there's, because uh-huh. we do have a lot of these entrepreneurs out there that are listeners too, that are practical thinkers and they're go getters and they're A types and they want to get, get shit done and they want to do it in a logical and systematic way. But also there's a part of them that really is curious about this intuitive side that they just, whatever, maybe it's society and just who they are, their minds aren't connecting with that part of themselves. So I'm curious if you have any thoughts or tips for those people. Yeah, no, totally. And I would say to those humans before they just disregard me and they're like, oh, this girl's one of those like woo woo, like snake oily, like whatever <laughs> girls like, you know, before like you, you categorize me there because it's easy to do when some people when people start throwing out certain words, you know, um, like I work, I work, I do the things like I would never I would never not, you know, I mean, I'm essentially an Internet marketer. I would never not send the emails. I would never not write the Facebook posts. I would never not build an intelligent sales page or put testimonials on side of it. I would never not create a payment plan. You know what I mean? Like I do the things, but what I would say to you is that you're going to speed up. Your practical action is going to like be accelerated if you'll combine it with some of the spiritual principles. You know what I mean? You're going to accomplish the things so much faster. Like, okay, for example, if someone believes it takes five years to have a seven-figure business, right, and that's just their core belief, well, then it's going to take them at least five years. If they start integrating the energy into their daily experience of I'm a motherfucking millionaire right now, it's not just some, like, crazy thing we're saying it's not just like some woo-woo affirmation it's like you're going to start acting like the seven-figure business owner you're going to start making decisions as a seven-figure business owner you're going to see yourself differently you're literally going to speed things up you're going to collapse time like you just are and we all have areas where we believe things get to be natural and easy maybe it's love or maybe it's friendship or maybe it's whatever and we all have areas where we for whatever reason believe hard more hard work is required And often it's all just self-fulfilling. We're just getting what we believe we can have. So one of the things I've been a genius at is speeding up the amount of time people can accomplish crazy things in business by, of course, we do the practical things, but also doing the spiritual energetic mindset things and just speeding up the pace, speeding up the process, you know? 
What's one of your favorite ways to change some of those beliefs? Like somebody, say somebody really does believe it takes five years to build a multi-level or a multi-million dollar business. And they come to you and they're like, I believe this is true. Everybody I know that does, you know, that's really in their, <laughs> their thought. <laughs> yeah. what, what's one of your, your, your favorite or most powerful ways to, to switch a belief like that? Yeah, this is what I do. And it's, it, yeah, it's become a very fast process that I do inside of, you know, a millisecond now, but, um, if I were to break it down for people into like steps, I would say it, it looks something like this. Like, what do you want? If anything were possible, if anything were possible on the planet, step one is what do you want? Tell yourself the truth about what you want. Not what's realistic, not what, not what's practical. Like, what do you want? And so say this, the thing is, well, I would really like to be earning, I don't know, maybe I don't believe I maybe seven figures isn't the goal yet, but I'd really like to be earning like $500,000 this year or something. It's like, okay, great. You're clear on your desire. And the next step is what things tell you that is not true. Maybe it's stories, ideas, beliefs, whatever. So list them all out. Step two, just like list all the things out, all the reasons that it's fully impossible for your half a million dollar year to happen this year. And like, just give them space. Cause lots of times like people, People understand that their fears and limiting beliefs and their doubts are inhibiting them, but they're scared to like look at them. It's almost like we think looking at it will give it power when like looking at it disempowers it. Like we build a lot of like resistance around it when we won't look at it. You know? Okay, so look at it. Look at each one of those stories. So my thing is, the question I've been asking myself all these years is, is that ultimately true? Is it ultimately true that I just don't have the audience? I just don't have the email list. I just... My price point's too high. My price point's too low. Like, meaning, has there ever been an exception on the planet where it happened another way, you know? And, like, the question for me has been unequivocally with every time I've ever done this exercise, like, no, that isn't ultimately true. Of course there's exceptions. Of course it could happen other ways. Like, there was never a chalkboard written in the sky that said people cannot make $500,000 a year if their price point is this. You know what I mean? Like, it's never been a thing. So when I look at each one of those things and go like, is it ultimately true? And I come up with a no every single time. There's not absolute truth inside of that idea. Then I'm like, great. Well, what's a new idea? What's an idea, a thought, a belief system that feels just a little bit better. And that, that idea that feels just a little bit better might not be like, I can make half a million dollars quickly and easily, but it might be something along the lines of, I'm willing to entertain the possibilities that I could make more money than I imagined this year. Or you know what I mean? Just like slight willingness and slight openness toward a more positive, better feeling idea. Anything that feels better is a shift in the right direction. I mean, I want to talk about personal branding. You seem to be really, really good at it. And what I, what shocked me is that I find like you, from your personal brand and the things that I saw, like you're good at reinventing your image quite often but also, you know, you're still the same person with the same message. And what I noticed mm-hmm. is in a lot of your even more recent pictures, you look like a completely different person. But you you were kind of showing the same, you were still preaching the same message. And so I'm curious, like, what's your take on personal branding? Obviously, you're a power marketer and you're doing really well at it. But I, I'd like to get into your mind about how you see personal branding and how it fits you and how you push that out to the world. Yeah, totally. So that's one of, that's probably my second favorite thing to teach on after money. Um, 
So my basic premise for how I teach branding is that, man, and this is just not what's happening in the, on the internet, but I believe we don't have to create a persona. I don't think we have to create a brand. I don't think we have to, I don't think that's, that's ever what it's been. You know, when people try to like contrive a brand, it ends up coming off like funny and inauthentic and my, just my belief is that like none of us were made boring. You know what I mean? Like I think who we actually are and what we actually have to say and that core message that we were born with and people all the time are like, I don't know what my core, core message is. And I just don't think, I just don't think they've asked the right questions to become aware that they very much know what it is. Your core message is if I could tell the one, the world one thing, what would it be? Or another way would ask that, that is, what is the one thing I know for sure? Like questions like that. If you, you know, like my, a friend of mine says when she asks this question to her clients, if I had a megaphone, I was sitting on the top of the tallest building in the world and I had 15 seconds to say one thing, what would I tell all the people, you know? So like, okay, so we have naturally unique we're unique, amazing humans, and we have messages inside of us that I believe the world needs. So it becomes my job to be myself, but not be an uninhibited, not be an inhibited, scared, fearful, like holding back version of myself. It becomes my job to be the meanest me. I can be unapologetically, boldly on the internet every day, no matter whether it's polarizing or uncomfortable, like but I believe you can't be paid to be yourself if you won't fucking be yourself for everyone. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we all want to be paid to be ourselves. One of my affirmations is I'm paid for breathing. Like I do believe it is all an extension of my truth, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. I noticed one of your quotes on YouTube, and I think it goes along with kind of the message that you're speaking. You said you're depriving the world of a massive gift if you don't post on Facebook right now. <laughs> and and yeah. we, we have, you know, this, these arguments amongst people and podcasters and, and uh, entrepreneurs and just people all over the, the world that are talking about how you should take time off Facebook or how you shouldn't put too much of your life on Facebook or on social media. And, you know, the argument goes back and forth, but then you see people, and I think it's part of it is kind of people just wanting to express express themselves and use social media as a diary or a journal in many ways. So I'd love to to get your take on that quote and some suggestions for the people that kind of feel like they want to do that more, but they're held back by insecurities or what other people may think of them. Totally. It's well, yeah, I have like so many things to say about this first I mean I've been doing this a long time and for all the years of it you know everyone the like one of the main questions I get is but I'm afraid to post publicly on Facebook like what if my ex-boyfriend's mom or my teacher from third grade's husband or like you know those people <laughs> that we have in our heads like the what the what about them people what do they think of us for some reason they kind of get stuck in our minds in my experience those people either don't notice they unfollow or they feel inspired. But either way, you truly have nothing to lose. They might unfollow you and think you're crazy. Oh, well, who cares? You are crazy. You're an entrepreneur. You are not normal. Embrace it now, you know, whatever. And or they'll be deeply inspired or they're barely noticed because they're worried about their, their own selves because they're a human. You know what I mean? So like we kind of have to let it go. The what will people think thing. That's like kind of part of it. 
second part of it is I do believe we have a deep responsibility. It's not about us. Even if something I says makes the whole world hate me, if that is like a, a message or a story that I felt compelled and inspired to share and it's trying to come through me, it's about the single mom on the other side of the world who needed inspiration that day. It is not about me. So I really don't have, I don't feel like I have the choice on whether I'm holding back or not. I wonder if you can relate to this. Before sharing on social media, the fears that come up for me are usually about, and you mentioned this, a person who may think X, Y, or Z. And usually for me, that person that comes up is a person that was in my life before the age of 23. And so I'm 37 now. And so I'm these fears that come up before I post on social media or put or launch a new product or service or whatever it may be are fears that I gathered or insecurities that I gathered based on what I think people from my youth would think of me now. And it's uh-huh. mind-blowing that that would hold me or anybody back just from such a from, – from people that are, that are no, really no longer in my life. It blows my mind. Well, yeah, and I have multiple things to say about that. Like, one, it, who cares, right? Like, they <laughs> yeah, are still exactly. – <laughs> often, they're still in your small town. They're still in the town you went to college, and they're still working the corporate job. Like, they're not doing the damn thing. They don't get to have an opinion on what you're doing. At the same time, I also deeply feel like those people, even those people need my work. You know what I mean? They still need my messages. Like, I can't tell you how many people who I thought were complete assholes in high school sign up for my stuff now. And I'm like, what even (laughs) is this? But it's like, you know, I am a resource to them and I am available to them. And like, from like kind of a universal perspective, getting me to those people is like the path of least resistance. They might not have other access to personal development or business development, but they know me from high school. You know what I mean? So like I, they can find me easier than they can find Tony Robbins or whatever, who they probably never heard of. So (laughs) it's just like, you know, I don't know. Like I just believe deeply in putting it all out there and letting it be used for good and, you know, not hindering myself. I believe in letting my work be carried forward for me. You know what I mean? But I have to do my part and put my stuff out there. Right, right on. So you did 1.5 million last year in 2017. It's pretty amazing. Congratulations. And then you're on, you. on board to do surpass that for this year. Yeah. I'm curious if you can share where the majority of your sales or based on the model of your business, the income and clients are coming from. So primarily for me, it is digital courses. I love selling recorded, like ready to go, like already done digital content. It is my favorite thing in the world. Um, And what I would say about that, because people believe that it's hard and it's not. So what I do is I have an idea for a course. I put up a sales page. I write the words on sales page. I put up the payment buttons. I start selling. I start selling when nothing is created. And we made a million dollars just on digital courses last year without anything else. How long have you been an entrepreneur now, Amanda? Um, so the day, <laughs> the day I bought a domain name and was like, I am going to be a life coach like <laughs> seven years ago. But I've been full time for about um, three and a half years. What was your hardest moment during those seven years? building up your business? Oh, what was the hardest moment? Most challenging. I don't know. 
I don't know that one single moment. Oh, I do have one that kind of stands out. Okay, I'll say two things. My first thought on that is the hardest moments as a whole are are completely self-created. You know, the hardest moments were when I believed it was hard to launch and sell. When I believed that sales pages took a lot of hard work. When I believed um, you couldn't launch more than once a quarter because industry standard was to do two big launches a year. Like, whatever. Like, when I believed crazy things, I created the hardness. And as I've realized that hard is totally a choice, like, sacrifice is a choice, struggle is a choice, and they're ultimately illusions that we buy into. As I've decided that, then, you know, I don't know. I don't believe that struggle or sacrifice are required and things get easier and easier and easier and easier and easier, honestly. Um, but the hard, when the hardest moment that stands out to me is when someone who I had considered a mentor and I'd really, 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 really looked up to, as I got to know her and her business, I found out that it was like a lot more shady and a lot less spiritual and a lot less um, reliant on her belief systems than she, than she made it appear. Mm. And I had a big moment of questioning whether I could continue to do the work in this way because I didn't like how she treated people. And I was like, so I had, I had her too much on a pedestal, and when I had to take her off the pedestal, it was, like, required, I had to um, re-decide what I believed for sure, like, really lock in what I believed for sure about business and spirituality and money and manifesting, which is good, because you can't have any of this be dependent on anyone else if you're going to do it, you know? What were some of the steps that you went through to take that mentor off a pedestal for you oh man well this is gonna sound a little dramatic but this is what i did i got on an airplane and i flew to tulum which was one of my places up in the my favorite places in the world at the time and i went and i got myself alone on a beach under a full moon these are not the required stuff <laughs> but then this is just what i did but then i got out there alone on that beach and i was like okay amanda we got to get real with this. What do you know for sure about manifesting? And I was like, well, I know for sure manifesting works like this and like this and like this and like this. Well, is that true? Even if the person who taught you manifesting doesn't believe it as deeply as they say they do. I'm like, yeah, still fucking true. So it's, you know, what do you know for sure about your work? What do you know for sure about money? What do you know for sure? And I just went through it and got down to my own core beliefs of what was true for me. And then the pedestal really couldn't exist anymore. You know, there was no reason for it anymore. She was just a person having her own experience. And I was just me more solid on what I was doing, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I've, I've had a few times in my life where I've had mentors or people that I've looked up to and I've had to take them off the entrepreneurial or what quote unquote pedestal before. And so I was just kind of curious how you went through that process. So thank yeah. you. Thank you for sharing. Um, You're let's welcome. See. One more big question and then we'll wrap things up. Just if you can share some, some two or three must do's from your experience on building a, a seven figure location, independent business. So on our show, the listeners, a lot of the listeners, you know, they may be at five figures trying to get to the six figures or six trying to get yeah. to seven figures. So yeah. for those people that are in the hustle and trying to grow that to seven figures, what would you say to them? I mean, I would just, you know, echo some of the things I've said today that I think are things that aren't, they're just not prevalent in like this, this like entrepreneur online space. And it's that it does get to be easy. And it, so it being easy 
doesn't mean you don't work. It means you stop putting, um, you stop putting faith in the, in spinning your wills. You stop believing that the struggle is what's required. Right. So like when I stopped believing that it was some, it was noble and honorable to pull all nighters to grow my business. When I stopped believing that and I was just like, well, what, what is actually the path of least resistance today to making money with this offer today? Everything got a lot simpler. I, I didn't follow email marketing strategies. I didn't follow Facebook ad strategies. I didn't do anything anyone said to do. It was just like, what do I need to, what do I actually want and desire and feel compelled to do to get this to people today? You know, so I simplified it all. And then of course, along the way, you learn a lot about email lists and Facebook ads and all the things, but it was, it's not built on that for me. You know, it's continually built on the decision to create things I love and to sell them to people because I believe people need them, you know, which feels so much better to me, you know? Okay. So let it be fucking easy. Number one, struggles not required. Um, and number two, I think, I think there's a lot to doing what you want. And what I mean is like following your desires. Like I've definitely had moments in my business where I sold this thing cause it was easy, more easy to sell. Or I've done that thing cause everyone says that's what you should do. Those were never the most profitable. The most profitable was me doing what I desired and backing it with my, my faith, backing it. Like it, it was always a decision to believe it would work. I have never in my business done the whole, let's throw something out at the internet and just see how it goes. Like let's a B test an ad. And that's how we'll decide. Like I've never done that. It's always been purely on like, what do you actually desire to do? And I have this belief that my desires are from the divine. My desires are what the world needs for me. So I ask myself what I desire to do and I do it with my whole heart, deciding that it will work. It has no option but to work. It has to. Well, Amanda, we're going to wrap up there. I want to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your tips and your tricks and all your wisdom with us. And we really appreciate your time. Of course. Thank you for having me. If the listeners want to reach out and find more about you, where's the best place they can do that? I am XO Amanda Francis, F-R-A-N-C-E-S on all the social medias. So on the Facebook and the Twitter and the Tumblr and the Instagram, you can watch my Instagram stories all the day long. And we're going to wrap up there, Amanda. Once again, thank you so much. Listeners, thank you guys for joining us once again. And we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. The Entrepreneur House creates business accelerators and curated environments for established entrepreneurs to help you scale your business rapidly. We're always looking for ways to help entrepreneurs grow. Currently, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built seven-figure location-independent businesses. There's a growing culture of brilliant minds who have mastered the art of creating serious businesses and business models that can be run from anywhere in the world. We are interviewing them to dissect this science to help you get to the next level of entrepreneurship. Be sure to visit our website at theentrepreneurhouse.com to learn more about our upcoming events and to get some tips and tricks on how to take your business to the next level.